Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is Project Keto. I'm your host, Madeline Evergreen. This podcast is a result of my lifelong experience searching for the answers to my health struggles. I'm here to teach you the how-tos, practical tips, and tactics to eating a ketogenic diet. No more deprivation or confusion when it comes to your amazing body. Let's jump right into today's episode. Hi friends, welcome back to the podcast. Today is an exciting day because we are going to be talking all about snacking. And before we start in with that, I just want to let you know I put up a post on Instagram asking you to vote for the new name of the podcast. Last week I announced to you that I'm going to be making some future changes for the podcast. The content is all pretty much going to be the same, but some of the branding will be different like the artwork, the title, those sorts of things. So Definitely, I want your input because you are the listener. So go to Instagram, find me at healthy underscore Madeline, scroll back a little bit and find the post that says vote for the new podcast name. And I want you to comment on there and tell me your votes because you have the most important opinions. Something else I want to share, anybody who's local in the Twin Cities area, I am going to be hosting a couple of upcoming shamanic breathwork retreats. I'm not going to talk all about what that is on this podcast because it's just a totally different topic, but if shamanic breathwork is something that jumps out at you or soul work or healing or heart work, any of those kind of phrases, and you want to be a part of that, go to the website. It's madelineevergreen.com and then click on the button that says shamanic breathwork. You can read about it. You can register for some of the upcoming workshops. We have a few hour-long workshops, and then we will be having a three-day retreat in March. So definitely check that out if you're a local person. Let's go into our topic now, snacking. I know that's why you're here. That's what you want to know about. So what is the deal with snacking? Everybody always wants to know, should I snack? Should I only eat meals? How do I make this work? What you do want to know is when you choose to eat can be just important as what you choose to eat. So snacking and meal timing is an important topic that should not be ignored. Most people eat way more times than they realize. I hear people say all the time, oh, I only really eat two or three times a day, or I never really snack. But then I take a look at their food journal, or I spend time with this person, and I notice that they put food in their mouth many, many times a day, sometimes even over 15 times that day. For example, I have friends who have gone on trips with, and these friends tell me that they don't really eat breakfast or lunch, they pretty much just eat dinner, but then I I just happen to observe on these trips when I'm with them for days at a time that they start eating the moment they wake up all the way to the moment they go to bed, and they are constantly putting little pieces of food in their mouth 
all day long and I don't think that they even notice that that's what they're doing. So something that you could do to help with this if you really aren't clear on your own personal habits is to keep a food journal and be totally honest. Write down everything that you eat and drink for at least three days and write down what time you eat and drink those items as well. And don't try and make any big changes while you're doing this food journal. Just write it down so that you can be observant of what you're doing and you can get an honest answer rather than trying to remember. We have very selective memories and oftentimes we don't really realize what we're actually doing until we write it down. Now, in a perfect world, we wouldn't be snacking at all. It is ideal to just eat your meals and skip the snacks. So if you're already doing this, then great. Just keep that up and you've already mastered that. But if you are a person who snacks a lot, try improving the quality of your meals so that you can reduce and eventually eliminate the snacking. And we'll talk about ways to improve the quality of your meals in a few minutes here. Why is snacking a problem in the first place? If you're snacking all day long, it's likely that you are on a blood sugar roller coaster. And this is a path to metabolic issues, diabetes, inflammation, and almost every single other chronic disease. Pretty much every health issue starts at the level of inflammation. And remember, um, you learned in this season so far that the recipe for inflammation is chronically high blood sugar, high fasting insulin level, and high triglycerides. And one of the ways to get high triglycerides is to eat a lot of carbs and sugar. Another way is to eat damaged fats like nut and seed oils. So this is going to be a really, really important thing to notice in yourself. If you feel like you have to eat snacks, it is either that your meals aren't made up correctly. They don't have enough um, protein or fat or they're just too small or you're not eating enough meals Or it's that you are on a blood sugar roller coaster and you are headed towards something like diabetes or metabolic issues and knowing that that is going to lead to many other chronic conditions. If this is your first podcast of Project Keto that you're listening to and you're just jumping in here, welcome. First of all, listen the whole way through. You're totally fine to be in this episode, but you may want to go back to the beginning of season six when you're done with this today and review the lessons, especially on blood sugar and insulin, because this is really the most important thing to understand is how your blood sugar sugar and insulin work so that you can understand why the snacking is such a big problem. So when should you eat? Well, Next week, we're going to be talking in depth about um, meal timing, fasting, those sorts of topics. But in general, you should eat when your stomach is empty and growling. If you're hangry or irritable before meals, then this is a sign that you have trouble with the blood sugar roller coaster and you need to make some changes. Everybody should easily be able to feel hungry in their stomachs without being irritable or angry. So, hanger or the need for snacking all the time is a sign that you have the blood sugar problems and that you need to do some deeper work around that. Let's talk about some ways that you can improve your meals. So let's see here. If you're having a meal and you don't have any fats or not enough fat, it's likely that you're going to need a snack shortly after that meal. Get in plenty of healthy fats at meals. And if you feel the need to snack, just 
keep upping the fats until you feel super satiated or filled in a good way after your meals. You shouldn't be feeling nauseated or stuffed or grossed out by your meals. It shouldn't be so fatty that you can't get it down. Like I I have had people misinterpret this before and tell me that they tried to drink a cup of olive oil with their meal because they thought that that's how you do keto or that's how you eat enough fat. And I want you to know that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about putting on enough fat on your meal that the, the food tastes delicious. It doesn't taste disgusting because it's dripping in oil. It tastes delicious to you and you feel satisfied when you're done and you feel like you can put down your fork and just stop eating because your stomach is full and you are satiated. Healthy fats should give you that effect where you feel like there's a stopping point where you're ready to be done. So if you are going to be keeping a food journal and analyzing your meals, take a look through these meals and ask yourself if there's enough fat in your breakfast, your lunch, and your dinner to get you through to the next meal without a snack. And if you aren't sure about which fats are healthy and which aren't, there are tons of episodes on this in the the past seasons of Project Keto Podcast, all the way back to season one, um, we've been talking about different kinds of healthy fats. So if you aren't sure, go back and maybe binge listen to a whole bunch of episodes. Here are some ways that you can increase fat in your meals. Eat the fat that's on your meat. If you're making a steak or a pork chop, something like that, try not to trim the fat off and throw that away. See if you can eat it. If it's If you're a person who doesn't really like eating those pieces of fats, then ease yourself in. Have one little bite of steak fat or pork chop fat, and eventually you'll probably fall in love with it and want to eat more. But for some people, it takes some getting used to. It's a mouthfeel issue. Sometimes it's a psychological issue. Sometimes it's just that it's so filling that it makes you feel like you can't eat anymore after one bite, which is a little bit the point here. Another idea is to cook your vegetables in coconut oil, butter, ghee, bacon grease, or any other animal fats. Try not to have vegetables with just either no fat at all or the tiniest amount. You might be having some past programming issues where you think that you need to restrict putting butter on broccoli or you need to hold back on the you know, the coconut oil or whatever it is that you're cooking your vegetables in. But instead, put enough fat on your vegetables that you love the way that they taste. It should feel decadent and it should feel delicious. Another idea is to use enough olive oil or good salad dressings made up of healthy fats on your salad. So try not to just skimp or go for a low-fat salad dressing. I absolutely love the brand Primal Kitchen. They use avocado oil and I think also olive oil maybe in their dressings, but they don't have any bad fats and they have either no sugar or extremely minimal added kinds of sweeteners. You can also add avocados or olives to your meals. For example, if you are having, if you're really used to having something like um, an egg for breakfast, maybe you put some spinach in your um, omelet, something like that, we'll also add some olives to your omelet or cut up some avocado or have some guacamole on the side to give yourself some more fat. Another idea is to add canned full-fat coconut milk to protein shakes. 
You could also make bulletproof ice cream. This would be a fabulous breakfast idea, especially for kids and teenagers or anybody that has autism, ADD, brain problems. Um, anybody that's having brain issues should definitely check out the bulletproof ice cream recipe. That's something that you can find in the Bulletproof Diet book, or you can also find it um, if you just Google Bulletproof Ice Cream, or if you look on the Bulletproof website, their brand, they've got the recipe there. And I think that they call it, quote, quote unquote, get some ice cream. And I won't explain that, but if you know, you know. Okay, another idea is to make some fat bombs. So make something that's like a little coconut or chocolate treat that's filled with something like coconut butter or cacao butter that is loaded with good healthy fats and have that with your meals. You could also add MCT oil to protein shakes or one of my favorite ideas is to add MCT oil powder to my coffee. Another idea, choose fattier cuts of meat. That would be like chicken thighs, fatty steaks, ground beef with the drippings, salmon, bacon, egg yolks, fatty cuts of lamb, those sorts of meats. And then you can also think of adding olive oil to dishes like homemade soup. So if you're making a big pot of soup, when you dish out your bowl of soup into your own personal bowl and you're about to eat it, drizzle on a couple of tablespoons of olive oil and it'll give you two big benefits. One, it's going to be more satisfying and you'll have more healthy fats. And two, olive oil will help to draw out more flavors in the soup and make your soup taste even better. So just find some, some ways that you can just drizzle on a little bit more olive oil onto some of your meals. Avocado oil is another idea. Okay, next up, other than fats, you can try eating enough protein. So let's say you upped the fats or that's not an issue, you're already eating enough fat, but you still feel like you have to snack. Well, then take a look at your food journal and notice how much protein you're eating. Are you getting about 20 to 30 grams of protein at each meal? That's something to aim for. Another way of describing that would be about a quarter pound of meat per meal. That would be about three eggs per meal or about six ounces of meat per meal. So those are all just general terms. But if you look at the grams of protein, you're aiming for about 20 to 30 grams of protein per meal. That's very generalized. Some people need more, some people need less. If you're only eating one meal a day or two meals, then maybe you need to increase that. It's all very, very general, but that's a good starting point to try. If you're not getting enough protein, you will probably feel the need to snack. So along with eating fat, protein is very satiating and helps you feel full longer. Here are some ways to increase your protein. Have some protein shakes. That would be a great idea. I'm going to be linking to some protein shakes in the show notes so you can look up the protein shakes that I like and some recipes that I've come up with that taste absolutely delicious. You could also try eating eggs. If you never eat eggs, but you can tolerate them really well, eat some eggs. And two more more ways to increase protein that are really obvious, but make sure that you're eating meat or fish. 
I don't really recommend trying to go for lots of plant-based proteins. We're not going to get into all the details today, but just know that your body doesn't get all of the different essential amino acids that you need from plant proteins. You must get essential amino acids from animal proteins. And if you don't eat animal proteins at all, like you're a vegetarian or you just never really eat meat or fish or eggs, then what happens is that your body is going to eat your own muscle. So your body will get these essential amino acids no matter what, but if you don't feed it, then you're going to break down your own body's muscle to get the amino acids so that you can keep living and feeling functional. So if you don't want to be losing muscle, which really, really important factor is to retain muscle, then definitely consider eating animal proteins. I'm just going to point out one more thing. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I've just got to say it. The number one marker of aging is muscle mass. Did you know that? One of the the ways that people actually can correlate um, true health is to measure people's grip strength. So what's really sad nowadays is that most younger men, like men in their 20s and 30s, have a weaker grip strength than their grandfather. That's to say they have much weaker and lower amounts of muscle than their grandfathers. That's actually been shown in a study. So if you want to age properly, you need to have proper muscle mass, not just men, but women too. Muscle mass doesn't necessarily mean that you need to have tons of muscle and be huge and bulky. It means that you need to have a good proportion of muscle to, to fat. So you don't want to be having excessive amounts of body fat and then low amounts of muscle. You want to be having a high proportion of muscle compared to body fat. And one of the best ways to do that is to eat animal proteins or eat meat, eggs, and fish. All right, let's move on. Another way to improve your meals so that you don't feel like you need to snack is to reduce carbs and sugar. The most common reason that people need to snack is because they are on a blood sugar roller coaster. And again, if you don't know what that means, go back to the very beginning of season six and review the episode on blood sugar and insulin. Take a look at your food journal and notice when you are eating grains, high sugar fruits, bread, pasta, tortillas, muffins, candy, starchy vegetables, juice, sugary drinks, and processed foods. Then notice when you eat after those things. So here's an example. If you're having some, let's say some gluten-free English muffins and gluten-free oatmeal for breakfast and maybe um, some berries and a glass of orange juice, well, that's all going to be high in carbs. So notice after you eat that breakfast with all those carbs, when do you eat next? Can you go for six or seven hours? Can you go for four hours? Or are you eating in an hour and a half? If you have to eat pretty soon after your carbs, it's probably because your blood sugar spiked, you put out a whole bunch of insulin, then your blood sugar dropped too low. Now you need to eat more carbs. That's the blood sugar roller coaster in the very shortest description that I can give. So my best suggestion for you would be try reducing your carbs and increase the protein and the fat. Or if this is all really new for you, try reducing the carbs and replace them with non-starchy vegetables like broccoli, 
green beans, lettuces, those sorts of things, non-starchy vegetables, and low sugar fruits like berries. That would be a good solution for people who are currently eating tons and tons of grains and potatoes and rice and corn, that kind of stuff. Then you're going to switch to the non-starchy vegetables. And then you're also going to work on increasing your protein and increasing your fat. So what if you do all of that, but you still need to have snacks? Just know that transitioning off of snacks can take weeks, months, or even years for most people. And if you're used to eating a standard American diet or you currently snack a lot, you have to give yourself time and patience. Also, in reality here, sometimes we need to have a snack. I'm not telling you that it's evil or you're going to just be an unhealthy person forever if you ever eat a snack again. I eat snacks sometimes. Our schedules sometimes are tricky where we cannot eat a full meal in preparation for whatever's coming next. Or there's just a lot of different reasons why somebody might need to have a snack. So if you've already mastered the fat and the protein and the carbs, but for some reason you still do have to include a snack in your life, then there's a way of doing it right. So you would be going for a snack that's mostly fat and or protein. A snack that's either zero carbs or very, very low in carbs. Here are some ideas. Try having a small protein shake or a hard-boiled egg, a few bites of meat, a small bowl of bulletproof ice cream, maybe you have a fat bomb, or a few squares of 80% or darker organic chocolate. Maybe you have a few Lakanto chocolate chips, or maybe you make some of the cookies on my website. I have a bunch of recipes on there. Make a batch of those cookies, and you could have a couple of those cookies as a snack. Um, Maybe you have some bites of leftover vegetables from the day before that have a bunch of fat on them, like some roasted vegetables with coconut oil. Maybe you have an avocado or some olives or homemade coconut kefir with stevia and blueberries. You could have some meat jerky or keto cups. Um, Just Google keto cups. That's a fabulous little snack that you can buy. Um, They're like little coconut chocolate individually wrapped little kind of like what are those called peanut butter cups but they're coconut and chocolate and they're appropriate for keto people so some snacks that you would want to avoid these are what I almost always see people snacking on that cause you to continue to need more and more snacks would be fruit crackers candy chips toast nuts juice sugary drinks yogurt with added sugar sugary coffee, anything like that, energy drinks, anything like that is going to cause you to continue to need to do the snacking. So I hope this was helpful today. Remember, next week we'll be diving deeper into meal timing, fasting, intermittent fasting, all of that. But for now, keep your food journal for at least three days and analyze what it is that you're eating from a non-judgmental perspective, from an outside perspective. Pretend that you're looking at somebody else's food journal and give it suggestions on how to improve the meals so that snacking isn't so much of an issue. And what I'm loving lately, our last little segment for the day, what I'm loving lately is adjusting my meal timing. For years, I have been intermittent fasting where I skip breakfast and then I eat 
usually around 11 or 12 or 1, and then I eat again at dinner time. And that's been working for me for a long time, except for the fact that I have sleeping trouble. My biggest issue with sleeping is that I wake up in the night burning hot, and sometimes I get night sweats where I'm completely soaked in sweat and I'm on fire burning. And I notice that this happens worse the later that I eat or the larger that my dinner is. So this past week, I've been adjusting my meals so that I eat in the morning and then I eat in the afternoon and I try not to eat at nighttime at all. It's an adjustment period for me. This is definitely challenging. It's definitely not what I want to do. So I love to point that out because most things in life that are going to be good changes for us, we have resistance towards. We don't want to do it. We don't like the idea. I've been putting off doing this for years. I've known for years that my sleeping issues are because I eat dinner too late at night. Even like I'm talking about like 6.30 p.m. is too late at night for me. I don't eat dinner at 9 or 10. But I know that that's causing me to have sleeping problems. And we all know on here that sleep is one of the most important parts of our health. And so even for me, I've been resisting making a change that could dramatically improve my health because I don't want to change my eating schedule. That's as simple as it. I don't want to. I don't like the idea. I love my ritual of coming home and eating dinner with my husband and sitting on the couch and enjoying my steak and all of that but I know it's causing me problems. So here's what I'm doing. I'm starting to eat a little bit earlier in the day, like I'll eat at 8.30 or 9 or 9.30, and then I eat again around 2 or 3. And then sometimes I've been having to eat a couple of bites of food at night around 6.30 or 7 because I feel like I'm not going to make it to morning or it's going to disrupt my sleep because I'm going to be too hungry in the middle of the night. So I've been just having like a little bit, like a little fat bomb or a tiny amount of food at nighttime, or I've actually been able to go with no food at nighttime a few times, and it's going really well, and my sleeping has dramatically improved, and now it's amazing. I actually get cold at night, and I sleep with my bedroom freezing cold because of the sleeping problem that I've had, and now I actually feel normal. Like I have to use all the blankets. I have to put on a sweatshirt and socks, and I'm ready to consider actually turning on the heat at night because of this. So it's a big deal. I've seen that I've been able to improve my sleep already with this small change. So I'm saying this not to tell you when you should eat, but I'm telling you this because even I have to do things that are uncomfortable and make big changes. And I'm encouraging you to stay open for the rest of your life, the rest of your health journey, and never get stuck in what you're doing. And always be flexible, always be learning, always be changing. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We haven't had any new ratings or reviews on this podcast for months. And I really, really, really would appreciate if you do rate and review the show, especially over on Apple Podcasts. And I know that you're listening. I see you listening. So I know you're there. So pay it forward. Go ahead, tap whatever amount of stars you want, write your review. And I just thank you so much for that. I'll catch you all in a week.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.